Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. On our second part of our foundations, I'm going to try and take us here in a moment. Um, and uh, last week, the first foundation was no God. And the second foundation this morning is five freedom. This language, of course, sits uh, quite close with our uh, purpose statement, with our growth track ministry. But we just want to try and come at it a little different, a little fresh, and realize the importance of building sturdy foundation into our life. Um, the first verse, you won't be surprised, in terms of finding freedom is from John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And this little sentence this morning is a sentence that we really believe in Arena Church, that I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. When we come to Jesus, we find freedom. And then as we live for Jesus, we continue to find freedom. This is so important. It's an ongoing journey. I'll come to it later, but freedom's contested for in your spiritual journey. And you need to understand that to continually map a course that will cause you, as we've been led in the worship this morning and in the prayer by Helen, to truly be free. But before we get there, just a few thoughts about foundations. And uh, Chris is helping me at the back, and uh, we put the slides up just to help you with uh, the ministry. So let me just say a few things about foundations before we come back to the text. Those of you that are in the building uh, game, or trade I should say, uh, and construction lists, and it was never my calling. Um, but uh, there's better people than me on this. But you'd understand the power of foundations. And that, that uh, in a building, the foundation is the lowest load-bearing part of the building. And then sometimes we use that word foundation in a descriptive way in our lives, an underlying bias or principle. So you may be training for teaching, you may be training for nursing, you may be training for uh, uh, a trade. And you'll have people that are training you saying, this is foundational. This is an underlying principle that will keep you on the right track. Here's a few things about foundations. Number one, they can't be seen. They can't be seen. I have to say that as I was driving to Arena this morning, I went thinking, oh, look at the foundations. <laughs> because somehow they got, when this building, you know, got rebuilt nearly 20 years ago, that, as I say, the builders that knew what they were doing had to work all that through and this two-story building went up on a sure foundation, we hope. It seems to have survived so far. So they can't be seen, but they're important. But they can't be ignored either because uh, foundations bring security and stability to the building. We're not sat here this morning thinking, I wonder if the roof's going to cave in. I wonder if the walls are going to crack uh, because we understand that the foundation is good. It's not being ignored. Uh, foundations can't be rushed. I was reading uh, about uh, somebody... Uh, that was uh, laying a concrete base as a foundation and said, give it a few days to really dry off before you start building on it. And the foundations that God is building into our life 
um, uh, and not always rush the immediate foundation of becoming a Christian and building on Jesus Christ then has to be worked through, worked through, worked through, God building, moving, and ministering. And then they can't be neglected. They can't be neglected. I was reading the piece just as I was preparing this message about a man that was talking about his house and the foundations were good. They were solid. When the house was originally built, no problems. But what happened was that around the base of the house, they'd become a water seepage and it had impacted the foundation. And instead of neglecting that and potentially compromising what was a good foundation, here's the phrase they use. They said that we needed to reinforce the foundation. We needed to reinforce the foundation. And this is what we're doing in this ministry. Many of you that have been Christians for many years will know that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But we are reinforcing that. We are saying again that we can find freedom from everything and anything through Jesus Christ. You see, on our journey at times, sometimes there's some seepage. There's some things that impact us. There's some things that gnaw away. There are some things that want to bring a crack to the foundation. And we need, on occasions, to reinforce. As we do that, it brings a grounding, it brings a protecting, and it brings an affirming. As in the natural so in the spiritual. And when we build good foundations in our life, we are ready for the storms. And I know that uh, uh, there's a gospel inverted commas that goes around the world that says, when you come to Jesus, you now have a problem again. But actually, it's not a true gospel. The true gospel is that God will not take you around the problem, but take you through it. And when the storm blows, you will be able to stand strong. And Jesus, at the end of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, brings a story, a great conclusion. Work on your conclusion, guys, if you're a preacher. Jesus did. And he brings this great conclusion about the two men that were building. Notice they were both building. How many of you have come across somebody that says, I'm building a life for myself? It's a terrible statement. God doesn't want you to build a life for yourself. He wants you to build a life on Jesus. It's like that song, My Way. I'm going to upset all the Sinatra fans now. I don't like it. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it his way. Because his way is better than my way. I don't want to build a life for myself. I want to build it on Jesus. And the storms come on occasion. We don't go looking for them. I mean, who enjoyed that spring sunshine? I went on my knees last week saying, Lord, please make it snow. Please make it snow. But the snow came. There was somebody in the office saying, oh, I love snow. I says, we've got the ministry school. I don't want anybody stopping away because of the snow. <laughs> Storms come. Sometimes they come because it's our fault and we've messed up. But sometimes they are unexplainable. They just come, they just blow. And uh, storms are blowing in our world today. There's a storm blowing over the nation of Ukraine. There's a storm blowing over our nation. And just to say that I'm in on this because I got my letter from British Gas yesterday saying that my gas bill's doubled in the next year. So I'm in on it as well. There's no exemption for pastors. Ugh. But in all that, we can stay strong if we'll reinforce the foundations. 
God's going to take us through. God's going to cause us to more than prevail. So back to John 8, 36. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus Christ. I think there's a definition for freedom that uh, will come up on the screen. And it says, freedom is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved and so free to think, speak, act and live. Real freedom. In John 4, sorry, in Luke 4 and verse 18, Jesus, after relatively 30 years of obscurity, appears at the local synagogue and begins to quote from the prophet Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It was the announcement of the Messiah, the anointed one. And one of the things he said is to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. To proclaim freedom to the prisoners. And of course, I think Jesus there was talking more of an internal freedom. We understand that natural freedom, when it's taken away from us, is horrible and dreadful. Just recently, we've been watching the news of Nazarene Zagari Radcliffe who went to Iran to see her mum and dad, and it took six years to come back. And uh, there seems to be all sorts of stories behind that. Maybe we should have paid the bill to Iran a bit earlier. And she got caught in the middle. A terrible, terrible time. Separated from her little daughter, who's now nearly nine years of age, from her husband, from her family, etc., etc. And of course, there are others, and there are others still imprisoned. And uh, Nazardine is committed to being... Uh, an advocate for their freedom going forward, literal freedom. But here's the truth today. There are people that are in prison for the faith simply because they believe in Jesus Christ like you and me and they're gloriously free on the inside because they've entered into the reality that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You see, we've got all the freedom in the world in our Western society and so many people are bound up. So many people are not living free. And this is what the Word of God is speaking about. So three brief things. Number one, the expression of freedom. The expression of freedom. King David in the Old Testament found himself in many scrapes and challenges, sometimes his own fault and sometimes not. But he understood the power of freedom, if not literally, then descriptively. He understood the freedom from a pit. In Psalm 40, in verse 2, he says, You've lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. I hope no, nobody's ever been caught in quicksand and somebody says, But that's what sin does. It drags us down. It takes us to a place we don't want to go. And we've been lifted out of the pit of sin, out of the slimy pit, and placed, if you read the verses, on the rock... Christ Jesus, a sure foundation. We've been lifted out of a prison. Psalm 142 verse 7 says, He's brought my soul out of prison that I might praise his name. Uh, maybe not a literal prison. Maybe that's been the journey of some people. And uh, God is setting you gloriously free and understanding the power of internal freedom. But every person outside of Jesus Christ, whether they believe it or not, is in a prison. It's a prison of their own making. It's a prison caused by their own decisions. And it's a prison reflected in the bad choices of their life. And Jesus Christ wants to set us free. That we might do what we've done this morning and praise his name forever. 
and he's lifted us out of a wrong pathway. Uh, in Psalm 119, the psalmist says, how can I keep myself on the pathway of purity? By living according to your word. And your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, verse 105. Now you might say, well, Phil, I've never been in a pit, literally. I've never been in a prison and, uh, I've, I, I, and uh, maybe I've gone down the wrong pathway. But what binds up your life? Maybe it's your past. And the, and, and the enemy wants to try and keep dragging you down. Your past is forgiven. Your past is removed. Your past is as if it never happened. And you need to be free. Maybe it's your postcode. You're forever telling yourself you, lived on the, you live on the wrong street, in the wrong place, in the wrong house. And you feel defined by it. You feel defined by your postcode. NG85NE is where I grew up. And uh, I don't want to be defined by my postcodes. I don't want to be defined by what other people would say about me. And you aren't either. You're free. Maybe you've been defined by your prejudice. And as you go on a journey of freedom, we all realize at times we've got more bias than we'd like to admit. We're impacted by certain things. And God wants you to be free. Maybe it's problems that you can't seem to overcome. And God wants you to know that he's interested in every detail of your life, even the hair on your head. He is interested in every detail and you can faithfully commit to him and God will bless you. Jesus doesn't want to drag us down. He wants to lift us up. Jesus doesn't want to slam the prison door closed. He wants to cause it to swing wide open. Jesus doesn't want us to take, go down a wrong pathway because he's the way. And if we're walking him, we'll be really, really free. The expression of freedom. But then also the determination of freedom. Secondly, as we just move into the response to God. Now I'm going to read Galatians 5.1. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. This is to believers. And do not let yourself be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. Stand firm in Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have time this morning to open up a backdrop to the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Suffice to say that it was written to a group of churches in Galatia. And the language of the apostolic father, Paul, is incredibly corrective on occasions. He calls them foolish. He says, you've been bewitched. Wow. Why? Because they were born into freedom and they were allowing their freedom to be compromised. And God says, stand firm in your freedom. Let me just read this to you regarding the apostle Paul and uh, how he was so impassioned, and in this instance, that people didn't run from relationship back to religion. We're all tempted to do that sometimes. We think, oh, I wonder if grace is really grace. I wonder if God has freely forgiven us. Yes, he has. I wonder if this thing about receiving his undeserved favor really means what it means. Yes, it does. But then we fall into the trap of saying, you know what, I'll try and prove I'm good enough for God." And we start to run to religion. We start to run to seeking to be approved of God by our own efforts. Let me just read this about a religious man that found freedom, the Apostle Paul. He says, Paul was a religious man in the 
past. He had learned that God is not an impersonable force, but in Christ, a personal saviour who sets us free to live a free life. God did not coerce us from without. He set us free from within. God has done it for your past so that you may live free in your present. And I want to say, friends, that this is contested for. This is where we really need to step in at times. This is where the accusing voice can come strong. When sometimes we may have messed up or got it wrong, and he's saying, well, you're finished forever. You're not finished forever. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you'll keep short records with God, he'll keep you free to live in the way that he is intended. He has no sentiment. He loves to drag people back down. He loves to be accusatory. He loves to say that you're not good enough. But the passion is, as we reinforce the foundation, I'm not just saying I'm free from my past. I want to live free in the present. With all the nonsense around me, with all the things that could take me to different places, with all the things that would attract my attention at times, with all the things I could do that are wrong, I want to live free. And if we'll stand firm, that's exactly what will happen. Standing firm. Here's three ways that we can do it. We can be surrendered to. Stand firm. Stand firm. It's It's a strong directive. Take your stand. Dig your heels in in your spirit. Make that mark for God. And then be also guarded over. Ephesians 5.27 says, don't give the devil a foothold. Why? Because footholds become strongholds. Footholds become, you start to go somewhere in your life, say, well, it's not going to matter. 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 The person that gets addicted to substances or ends up with an alcoholic problem didn't start there. They started, well, it's just a bit of fun. It's just, it's not going to matter. But the foothold became a stronghold. And the enemy's not only interested in footholds, he loves strongholds. He loves to bind people up. He loves to put them in a prison. He loves to destroy their lives. That's the battle we're in. So be guarded over. You know, the big question as we emerge after the pandemic to believers around the world is, where are we gone at times? Where are we gone at times? Been a lot of time when people haven't been able to gather, a lot of time when people have been on their own. I've spoken to people that said they've been bored, other people that have been horribly lonely, other people that have been furloughed and therefore they've had a lot of time on their hands. Where have we gone in our internal world? It's a good question. And if you've gone somewhere where there's a foothold that's seeking to establish itself over you, I say today, be free again. Be free before the strong, before the foothold becomes a stronghold. And then thirdly, not only surrendered to, not only guarded over, but also directed in. Keep in step. If we just go back, Chris, thanks. Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. Sometimes you may have played a game with your kids. Keep in step. When we used to follow my late mum back from church, we, we sort of had a bit of a game that we'd, uh, it wasn't a superstitious thing or anything, but we'd never uh, step on the cracks of the pavement and we'd sort of follow her. And it was just a bit of a game. I think we're all tired and she was just aware of us getting her home. But keeping in step, keeping step. 
when our, ki our kids never kept in step with me when uh, we used to be on holiday because I was always 50 yards in front and waiting for them and watch the mess on the path and do 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 oh, my dad's gone again, you know, down the way. <clears throat> we need to keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's real. The Holy Spirit's inside you. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to you far more than you realize. And as you cultivate your relationship with God, and as we've sung this morning, say, I want nothing else but you, guess what? The voice of the Spirit starts to increasingly come alive in your life. And if you're out of step with him, guess what? He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. Now, free will can say, I can ignore that. I can ignore, I'm just going to do my thing, God. And you know why? I'll let you do it. This is the power of free will. But if you'll keep in step with the Spirit, the nudges, the prods, the little rebukes that come across your heart, the red lights that flag up, it'll keep you free. It'll keep you free, free on the inside. And thirdly, a continuation of freedom. We began with this verse in song this morning. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Imagine me confessing from this Arena Ilkeston platform this morning that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is bondage. It wouldn't sound right, would it? It wouldn't sound right. I tell you what the Spirit of the Lord can't do. It can't take us into bondage. All it can do is set us free. When the Spirit of the Lord is amongst the community of believers, it's going to take us to freedom. He can't do anything else. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is something washing over you today that is more than you realize. I was very impacted by one of our young guys from another campus just this past week sharing to me about, uh, and sharing with others about uh, going through a storm in his life uh, during the pandemic. But he said that as church began to come back together in community, he just found it a tremendous place of freedom, a tremendous place where God was ministering and speaking and healing and soothing just by being in the house of God. And today, friends, we may have quickly forgotten what the first song was by about two o'clock this afternoon. We may have forgotten uh, some of the content of the ministry, but I tell you something's happening right now, that as you have taken time to submit your will to God, and if you have given an hour and a half on a Sunday morning to being in Arena Ilkeston, something is taking place right now that is making you better than when you first came in. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's a little bit more freedom for every one of us to enter into. And so we thank God for that. We have an internal battle that sometimes is reflected in external choices. How many of you found out that when you became a Christian, the old life can still give you a problem? You know, I naively thought that when I got old like me, the, uh, the old man would give it a rest and it'd just be a free, free drive right down to eternity. It doesn't work. It, it, he still tries to come. The enemy still tries to contest at times. It's going to happen all the way until we get to the perfect day when there's no more sin, no more sorrow, no more crying or pain because the former things have passed away. And as we'll make a determined uh, commitment in our inner world that will, will impact our outer world, God will bless us and minister to us. Now, here's a quote I want you to think about from Arthur Wallace. 
And uh, Arthur Wallace was an incredible church leader in the 60s and 70s as many, many people outside of what we would call classical Pentecostalism became baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had what we call the charismatic movement and the restoration movement. And here was a balanced apostolic father, a tremendous man. And uh, if any of you love revival, then uh, get hold of his book on it. It's well worth a read. But during our prayer and fasting season, which seems about a million years ago, but was at the beginning of this year, I read again Arthur's little book on fasting. And again, if you want, it's just a little sort of book, but if you want a good balanced book on fasting, I can't think of anything better. Here's what he said when he talked about fasting for freedom. He said, some believers have their sins forgiven without their shackles being loosed. They are saved, but they're not delivered. Some believers have their sins forgiven without their shackles being loosed. They are saved, but not delivered. Remember that song? Oh, my shackles are gone. My spirit is free. Oh. It's true. The moment you came to Jesus Christ, your sins were forgiven. Forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. Question is, have you been loose from the shackles? The moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were saved. Question are you increasingly moving into deliverance, being completely, completely free? And as we do that, we find freedom in three areas. We find freedom from the, from the past. I know this is sometimes difficult to get into our hearts, but your past, whether you thought it was good, whether you're ashamed of it, where you, whether you wish it had never happened, it is completely eradicated in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are justified by faith. I was explaining in the ministry school, and it's slightly hackneyed and cliched, but it's a good way of, uh, of, uh, of uh, explaining the word justification. Just if I had never sinned. Now, that's going to be contested for. The enemy's going to try and bring you past up at times. But it's gone, it's done, it's finished, you're free. Just if you had never done anything wrong, that's the gospel. And then also he wants us to find freedom from the power. And there that means that we are not habitually sinning. Doesn't mean that we never get it wrong. Doesn't mean that we didn't need to come to God. But we are increasingly becoming overcomers. We're not forever living in defeat. Occasionally we take a loss. But God causes us to live in victory and we are delivered from the penalty of sin the penalty of sin Jesus Christ died for our sins and in two weeks time because that verse is from the resurrection chapter we're going to remember again that Jesus not only died but he rose again from the dead and as we reinforce our foundations this morning I want you to say in your own heart my past is finished he's gone Forgotten about, forevermore, amen. I am in Christ going to live in the power of his life to be an overcomer. And thank God I don't have to pay the price for the wrongs because the penalty and the price has already been paid. Now, those of you that are believers and have been around the life of the church would say, well, I know all that. And please, I'm not trying to say anything new this morning. I went to a church to speak on the work of the Holy Spirit on one Wednesday 
uh, another church in the area, uh, two Wednesdays actually, on the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, doctrinally. And this guy came up to me afterwards and he said, that were good. I knew there was something coming. You, you always, he says, that were good. But he said, you didn't say anything new. I said, thank God. What, what new do you want me to say about the Holy Spirit? I'm reinforcing the foundations. Yeah, 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 I know that. I'm just saying. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. You know, I'm not saying anything new this morning, but I'm reinforcing the foundation that God wants us to be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I can find freedom from anything and everything through Jesus. I feel like Chris Hodges here, Julie. Here's a story. I'm not sure whether it's true or apocryphal, but it works for the message. But the story goes of a lion that had been caged for a long, long time. And from the center of the cage to the perimeter was eight paces and the day came when the cage was removed and the lion was uh, released back into the wilds. But the observers of uh, his journey from captivity to freedom were watching over him. And they noticed that from the den of the lion, he only ever journeyed eight paces from his new habitat. And sadly, that's some of us. That's some of us. We've been completely set free. But we only get here. We only get here. And there's something more. 2 Corinthians 6 in the message. This is the final slide that's coming up. And again, we went there in one of the songs this morning. Dear Corinthians, dear Arena Church, I can't tell you how much I, this is the Apostolic Father Paul speaking. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. It's not eight paces, friends. It's glorious destiny. It's the freedom of God's purposes that sits over you. There are people all over this room that gave their life to Jesus Christ in brokenness, in, in captivity. And over a period of time, as they've found freedom and are finding freedom, it is quite simply incredible what God has done with them. What God has done with them. No longer in captivity with the cage around them, no longer even walking eight paces from their old habitat, but moving into the wide open spaces of the destiny of the Lord. No God, Arena Church, Ilkeston, let's keep finding freedom, running into the wide open spaces of God's plan and purpose. Not just for me, but for you, for all of us. A free church where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And yet, 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 many captives around this town and area walking into an atmosphere of freedom and finding that Jesus Christ can set people free from anything and everything through him. Let's go for it and let's pray. We love to pray for people in Arena Church and we never want to be assumptious. Uh, we always love people coming through. And it may be you said, Phil, will you pray for me this morning because I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. And I don't want to uh, appear arrogant, 
But I'm going to say this morning, you'll never find freedom outside of Jesus Christ. You may think that earning a bundle of money is going to give you the freedom you want, success in your job, a title outside of your office door, whatever it is, where you said, I want to build a life for myself. You're never going to get free. You're never going to get free from your internal world. And uh, you say this morning, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. All over this room, people have found Jesus. And he set them free and he's setting them free. So Phil, will you just include me in a prayer this morning? I'm not going to ask you to stand up, shout your name out, come to the front. But would you just put your hand up this morning and say, that's me, Phil. I need prayer. I need Jesus in my life. Anybody like to respond this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Father, just thank you for persons that have responded and we pray that you will come to them in the power of the Spirit. Change their lives forever and cause them to walk in you. I'd just like to pray one more prayer. I'm not going to ask for a response. It's your response. But this morning the message initially could have appeared what we would call a gospel message. But of course it's far more than that. Far more. It's a message to reinforce our foundations. To stand firm in the liberty for which Christ Jesus has set us free. And to be truly free. Is it easy at times? No. But it's absolutely possible in the power of Jesus Christ. I don't want to pick over things. I certainly don't want to be condemnatory. But if a foothold's become a stronghold, if something that you felt you could bat aside easily now keeps beating you, today's the day to get free again. If you found it difficult to get free in your thinking, if you found it difficult to get free regarding the future, if you found it difficult to get free from anxiety, whatever it is, if you feel sometimes that the enemy's doing a good job trying to drag you back into the slimy clay, I declare again this morning that you stand upon the rock, Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you for Arena Ilkeston. We thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for just the generosity of people who've heard about this morning. Thank you for changed lives. Thank you all across this room, Lord. People have found you and are walking into the wide open spaces of your purpose. But I just pray, Lord, I just pray, I just pray, I just pray that none of us will regress, none of us will retreat, none of us will go back to a place that you have lifted us from. I speak freedom over every heart in Jesus' name. Downstairs, I pray that our arena kids will run free in Jesus' name. I pray our youth generation will run free in Jesus' name. I pray that destiny and purpose will yet arise on people's hearts into the wide open spaces of what you've got in your will that will astound people that would look on in Jesus' name. And I pray for this church, this local church here in this town, that it will be renowned for knowing the Spirit of the Lord amongst it. And so we all.